Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? abundance lover, or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I am refreshed. I am renewed. I am Ramona Singer, season three of Roni, when she thought she looked like Cameron Diaz. I am feeling great. I just got back from vacation. I was in Hawaii, which I think is the most beautiful place in the entire universe. Of course, I wish I had a little bit more time there. I mean, I don't mean to complain, but I would have liked like maybe at least 60 more days there. It was just so, so, so beautiful. Matt, uh, my boyfriend and I had the most amazing trip. And we called in a lot of favors. The Andes hooked us up with the most amazing room. We went to this thing called the Private Suite at LAX, which is the most amazing traveling experience if you're flying out of LAX. And uh, I I was so excited. One of the listeners hooked us up with the Private Suite, but it was so, so super amazing. And the best part was when we landed back in LA, 
You guys, I saw two of my idols. I saw Steve Martin and Martin Short at the private suite. I don't know if I should say that on air, but I'm going to. Anyway, they like walked in as we were walking out. And you guys know, like, I love Martin Short. Like, I think he's one of the greatest people. I think Frank from Father of the Bride is one of the greatest characters of all time. Of course, I once uh, assaulted a police officer with my Frank impression. I didn't assault a police officer physically. I just assaulted him with my Frank impression when I was. <laughs> pulled over. I was like, hello! And then the police officer gave me a ticket and was not amused by my Martin Short as Frank impression. Uh, but anyway, so I saw Martin Short and Steve Martin. They were traveling. I guess they're on tour together. Uh, and I also love Steve Martin, too, so, so much. I read his book when I had moved to Chicago, like when I was studying at Second City and all this stuff. And I, I've just always worshipped Martin Short and Steve Martin. So, seeing them in person, I just like my body locked. Of course, there was like a million things I wish I could have said. I would have liked to pitch them Father of the Bride Part 3. I have so many ideas floating through my head. Of course, it should be called Grandfather of the Bride, or it should be Mother of the Groom, or it should have to do with Maddie, of course, him getting married. I think Maddie should have been a gay character, and then we see him marrying a, a man. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, I have so many things that I would have liked to said to Martin Short, and my body locked, my face got locked, jawed, and all I could get out was a frank hello. I did at least get that much. I was like, hello! <laughs> I would have liked to say, ha ha ha, but funny, I was like, Marian. Of course I would have liked to say that. You know, I would have liked to do an extended Frank impression. Every party has a poop, but that's why we invited you, George Banks. That's you. <laughs> Mother and daughter are pregnant together. Get out of town. Anyway, now I'm assaulting you guys with my Frank impression, but the point is, so many things I would have liked to said, but uh, they all went unsaid, except for a Frank hello. And they both smile and nodded and were on their way. But it was such a, a nice cap off to a perfect vacation. And uh, it was just so, so fun. Also, Martin Short was in an episode of Morning Show. I don't know if you guys have been watching the Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon show, but I love it. Like, I think it's great. Reviews are average, but I thought it was fantastic. And Martin Short pops up in one as like a creeper man, um, but he's really great in it. Anyway, it was a great vacation. I have to say, uh, since I've been gone, BravoCon was announced. I'm going to be doing everything iconic live from BravoCon. I'm so super excited. We're going to be doing a live podcast with Margaret Josephs from the Real Houses of New Jersey and Kelly Dodd from the Real Houses of Orange County. They're going to be popping by, and that'll be released as a podcast. Very excited about that. Then I'm also moderating the Fancy AF panel on Sunday. So if you're there, come check it out. I will be chatting with Ariana and Tom, of course, who I co-wrote Fancy AF Cocktails with. The book is out December 3rd. I hope everyone gets a copy. I just got my physical copies of the book. And I'm just so blown away. I cannot wait for you guys to see it. So anyway, I hope to see some of you at BravoCon. Uh, what else? I also just have to briefly mention that I have a new little spinoff podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. And my friend Jenna Brister and I are going to be doing this show. It's just going to be like five to six episodes throughout the holiday season where we recap holiday movies. If you want to check that out, just subscribe to Very Merry Iconic Podcast on iTunes or Spotify. We're working on getting it up on the other ones, but for now, it's on iTunes and Spotify. I'll also release the episodes on the main Everything Iconic feed. If you're not into them, just skip them. I get it. Uh, but if you want just those, go check them out on the separate feed. I'm very excited. The very first movie we're going to be covering is called Let It Snow. It's a Netflix original holiday movie. It premieres uh, November 8th. So if you want uh, to watch that before the first episode, and then we're going to be covering some Hallmark movies. We wanted to start with a Netflix one, so that way people can kind of watch it at their leisure and then listen. Um, but then we're going to be um, 
Going into Hallmark, maybe a Lifetime movie and uh, a couple others, but you can also follow along on our Instagram account, A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. It's at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. Follow there, and we'll release the movies as we get the schedule going. So, without further ado, we have so much Housewives to get to. I'm going to be covering four Housewife franchises. This is, of course, one of those magical times of year where we have so many Housewives going on. We have Atlanta, New Jersey, Orange County, and Dallas. And look, I was not going to cover all these. I wasn't going to do it. We were covering Orange County. We were covering Dallas. But look, Atlanta, I'm going to cover this season. I'm going to do it because it looks like it's going to be a great season. And so we're going to be covering Dallas and we're going to be covering Atlanta. And then we're also going to be adding New Jersey into the mix because I like the Jersey gals. So it's going to be a little hectic. I'm going to try to limit. I'm not going to talk like for an hour per uh, franchise, but... We're going to get into the important stuff, and uh, stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast, because maybe down the line I'll break up the episodes if I see you guys want them broken up a little bit. Otherwise, we'll just do one big Housewives recap on uh, Thursdays. So, without further ado, let's get into Houses of Atlanta, you guys. Sincerely, apparently has known Dennis for years, and have been sleeping together this entire time. I've never met him a day in my life. Oh, okay. And, well, that's good. So why did they... How did you even get pulled in? into the whole no thing? I have a feeling it has something to do with a vindictive, hateful ex of his. I don't want to have that kind of stigma associated with the destruction of any kind of beautiful black right. family and what sure. they're trying to do. Woo! I was happy to have Atlanta back. I felt so good seeing these women. I needed them. I've been so down on Dallas lately. Orange County... Eh. I needed Atlanta. I needed them. I needed Kenya Moore back. I'm so happy she's back. Her last season on the show, I think, was like a little lackluster. But I really feel like she's going to bring it this season. Now, I want to talk about something that's going to be a little controversial. And plug your ears. Escort the kids out of the rooms. But on this episode of The Real Houses Atlanta, there were talks of bestiality. Now, I don't want to talk about this, but this was a storyline. And I never thought we'd get here. I did not expect this to be a storyline in the show. Where now we're arguing whether or not Dennis was doing a dog or something. I, I don't know. It was hard for me to even hear on the episode. But it was something that I just did not expect. I mean, we've had divorces, marriages, cancer scams. I did not expect bestiality to get in the mix. But here we are. We're 10 plus seasons in on Atlanta. And it's a, it's a storyline all of a sudden. And it was so weird to me that like no one was really talking about it. Like The women on the show kind of talked about it. Like Candy was like, I don't know if he did it. And it was like, <laughs> I felt like they all should have been like, well, no, no, they he definitely didn't do that. And that's crazy. But Candy said, Candy said he didn't do that. But also she kind of was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I thought this is a crazy thing that we're talking about. And then I was uh, hopping on Twitter while the episode was airing. And of course, I expected my timeline to be filled with like, this is a crazy storyline. I can't believe we're talking about bestiality on the show. I thought everyone would be in an uproar about it. It was like, um, it just rolled off everyone's back. It's like, no big deal. I didn't see nobody tweeting about it. One or two tweets, it was like, yeah, no one really gave a shit. And I was shocked about this. We have some blogger on Atlanta now who's claiming that Dennis is doing a dog or donkey. Or, I, I don't know. I blacked out when they were talking about it. But it seemed like everyone's just like, well, another day. What are we doing here? No one even bats an eye over Dennis doing one of the animals. It was so gross. I'm sorry to talk about it. That's a storyline on the show, and I'm shocked that no one's getting into this. 
I feel like no one's talking about it the way that they should. It's disgusting and horrific. Uh, but I'm surprised. And then Bravo's making jokes about it on the episode. <laughs> they like cut back. I'm sorry to laugh. I'm nervous laughing. But they cut back to like Dennis talking about grabbing Porch's tail or something. <laughs> I could not believe my eyes. I was like truly shell shocked, clutched my imaginary pearls, and I didn't know what was going on. What were we doing? We had, it was the whole episode. It was like babies and everything was nice. We have new mothers. Kenya's a mother, and it was so nice and i was like crying and then all of a sudden it was like and then dennis did a dog and i was like what how did we get here how did we get here atlanta anyway anyway i think this season is going to be fantastic it's like an all-star cast i think kenya is going to bring it this season i think she knows she fucked up her last season on the show which was i think two ago so i think kenya is going to be really good i don't love Eva. Like, I like Eva. No offense. I just don't like, I don't feel an attachment to her. I don't feel like she's like an all-star yet. But I'm hopeful that maybe we'll get there. Uh, otherwise, I think all of these women are all-stars. I mean, these women have been on the show for ages. I'm very, very excited. And then it was so nice to see Kenya's baby. They showed us, it said six months earlier, we opened with like, we opened with like a dramatic montage. And then it was like six months earlier. And then we met Kenya's Baby Brooklyn, who's the most adorable doll I've ever seen. And Kenya's like one of the most beautiful women ever. And the baby is just stunning. I mean, I thought this baby, I was like, oh my God. But we were being like reintroduced to Kenya. It was surprising to me that she opened the episode. Uh, But we were being reintroduced. And then, of course, they gave us like a flashback of her fighting with people. And she's given us so many classic moments. And I had totally forgot when she told Kim Zolciak that her daughter's sucks dick for John Legend tickets. <laughs> Such a funny, ridiculous, classic housewives thing. Uh, but Kenya says she's changed. Uh, she's ready. She's ready. She alludes, though, to Mark, her husband being away too much. And I'm a little bit worried about it. I don't know if I can handle these these awful men in Atlanta between Mark and Dennis. I'm worried about Portia and Kenya. And I'm glad they have each other. They're friendly now. But I'm worried, and I don't want these men to ruin their lives. Like, I want the men to be nice to them. So hopefully Mark and Dennis act up. Uh, Anyway, when she was giving Brooklyn the bath, I cried. I was, like, so moved that Kenya was a mom. She seemed so happy. I was really, like, rooting for her. Then we saw Portia and Portia with the baby. It was, like, dramatic music, black and white footage. It was so happy. And then it was, like, cut to the dramaticness of Dennis with some blogger who was talking about Dennis and said that uh, apparently Dennis moved out, he was unfaithful while Portia was pregnant, which is not okay. It's disgusting. You're unfaithful while the wife is pregnant? I mean, come on. What the fuck? It's disgusting. You're having a baby with someone and you're going to fuck someone else? Just masturbate or something. What's wrong with these men? They need to cool up, put it back in their pants, and enough is enough, Taylor Armstrong. I'm tired of seeing these men cheating on the wife while the wife is pregnant. Remember, that other asshole in Orange County did it to Megan King Edmonds. Remember, he was sexting someone while she was in the hospital having a baby? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Do you remember that Mad TV character <laughs> from like 100 years ago? Uh, it was a Mad TV character. He, all, his whole thing was, he was just like, come on, come on. <laughs> Shelly, come on. That's all he used to say. Anyway, I loved him. <laughs> come on. Uh, but come on. <laughs> Come on, Dennis. Come on. Anyway, Miss Diane moved in, Portia's mom. And I think Miss Diane is one of the most beautiful people ever as well. I think she's stunning. 
Uh, and she was just concerned with her food. It was so funny. Portia's sister was trying to arrive at the house, and Miss Diane was busy making that barbecue food. And I got it. I was like, yep, I feel you, Miss Diane. Get it. <laughs> anyway, then they cut to Candy with uh, Todd and Ace. They got new Segway music, I want to say. There's a song that played as they segued from Portia's house over to Candy's house. And it was On the Road Again, so if you're ready, hop in. Those were the lyrics to the Segway song. Now, usually Housewives doesn't do the Segway music. It's usually reserved for things like Vanderpump Rules, Married to Medicine. Uh, it seems like on Lana we're going to be doing the Housewife uh, segue music, so I'm very excited about that. That was only the one song that I caught. Maybe I missed something, but only the one segue song this episode. So then we see Candy with Ace. Ace is adorable, too. These kids are all so cute. And at this point, I'm starting to get like a little bit tired of the kid stuff. Like, Kenya, I was so excited about the kid baby stuff. Then Portia, I was excited about the baby stuff. Now we get to Candy and Ace, and they're talking about a surrogacy. And I was starting to get a little bit tired of it. I was also a little bit worried about Candy bringing up the surrogacy stuff on camera. It just seems to me like that would get dicey. Like, I I don't know that I would want to talk publicly. Remember when Jeff Lewis did and then there was like some stuff? I don't remember the details of it, but I just would think I would want to protect that so much. And I wouldn't want to talk about like a surrogacy or the woman carrying the child or any of that like publicly. So I hope that it's fine, but I'm sure Candy's protected and, you know, she knows what she's doing. But I did get a little bit worried. I was like, Candy, just keep this off camera, which normally you guys normally know I say, put everything on camera. I want to see it all. But with this thing, I don't know. I was protective of her. Ace was adorable, though. He thought the baby was bought at the store. I love love Ace. (laughs) So then we cut to Eva. And this is where I get tired of the baby stuff. Now I'm done with all the baby stuff. I don't want to see any kid stuff. I'm tired of the baby stuff. Too many babies. I don't watch Housewives to see babies. I watch it to see women arguing with each other and supporting each other's businesses. That's what I want. And some subtle shade, but I'm not into the baby stuff. Maybe like one baby storyline is fine. I can't do four baby storylines. I can't do it. Mm -mm. Can't do it. Turn it off. Uh, But I don't know. Eva was pissed about people making up shit about her finances last season. Then we cut to Cynthia and Mike Hill. Hashtag chill. That's their hashtag. <laughs> and Mike lives in LA. Cynthia, of course, lives in Atlanta. She says she prayed for him. And they've talked about engagement, but they're not engaged yet. And Cynthia's like trying on wedding dresses on her Instagram. And I'm so embarrassed for her, Cynthia. Cynthia needs hashtag chill. You guys, I love Cynthia and she's stunning. But she needs to hashtag chill with those dresses. When she showed up later in the Barbie wedding dress, I was screaming at the TV. I'm like, Cynthia, <laughs> hashtag chill. Come on. <laughs> Hashtag come on, Cynthia, come on. You need to stop. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing? And then she's opening up the Bailey Wine Center. Uh, Mal is going to be the manager of Bailey Wine Center. Kenya showed up to talk to Cynthia, and Kenya had fresh Botox, I could tell, because of the eyebrows. You guys have told me before that that's how you could tell. It's the eyebrows. The eyebrows are up to the high heavens. And so it looked like Kenya maybe had fresh Botox in this scene, but they talk about uh, opening up the wine center a cellar. And then Kenya is planning this premiere for Brooklyn, a Barbie party uh, where Kenya says, I can reconnect with the girls. And really that just means 
we can talk about how I was fired. Um, and then Kenya calls out Nini. And Nini and Kenya is going to be a good rivalry. It, there's reports, and Kenya has confirmed this or, or said this in interviews, that Nini, like, allegedly goes to spit on Kenya or, like, makes the sound of spitting on Kenya. So I don't think she actually spits on her. But apparently, Kenya said on the Wendy Williams show that, like, Nini does that hawking sound. I can't do it. It's a disgusting sound, but you know that sound. Uh, apparently that happens at the end of the season. And so this Kenya Nini business is going to be interesting to me. And then this is where they talk about Dennis maybe doing a dog or something. And this was when I kind of blacked out. I didn't want to hear this conversation, but we still did have to hear it. Uh, anyway, Kenya tells Cynthia that she needs to cool it. Kenya, of course, who has been one of the thirstiest women we've ever seen on Housewives. We've seen Kenya with previous relationships, other boyfriends. Uh, we've seen her begging for proposals and things like that. And here is Kenya on this premiere episode telling Cynthia, hey, Sin, you need to cool it. You need to cool it. She says, you're too thirsty. So then we're back at Portia's house. Dennis sent Portia a bunch of flowers. Miss Diane there is there. Uh, Lauren arrived. This was when Lauren arrived. And then uh, Portia's crying and she says she doesn't want to leave the house. She doesn't want to get dressed. Then you guys, I just have to say, there was a moment where Portia picked her notes for like 20 seconds. I don't know if you guys caught this. But I swear, her finger was in her nose for 20 seconds, and I think you might have had to rewind to see it, but it seemed like it was there for quite a while, and it was like she was itching it, but then her finger was up there for like 20 seconds on camera. And I know we were dealing with a lot, there was a lot of tears, we're learning this information about Dennis, but I'd still just like to say, we maybe shouldn't pick our nose on camera. Uh, Just, come on, (laughs) come on, Portia. Then we cut to the OLG gang. Cynthia and Eva visit Candy. Eva Eva orders the whole menu, which I loved. She just ordered everything on that fucking menu. And I heard the food there's amazing, so I would too. <laughs> but then um Cynthia tells um tells the uh, Candy that she should I think it was Candy to name her baby Chill. And you guys, Cynthia is really <laughs> Cynthia's really thirsty. And then this woman named Sincerely walks over to the table. And it was so staged to me, and this always happens at Candy's places, and Candy had said on social media that she didn't know this was happening, but come on. <laughs> like, now I can't stop saying, come on. Uh, but come on, <laughs> come on, come on. Candy must have known this was happening. Somebody sent Sincerely over, and she was miked and everything, so what's the deal here? And it always happens at one of Candy's businesses or something. Come on, Candy. And then they cut back to that vlogger again. And that either that vlogger is like a main cast member now. Get her on the show, give her a peach. They keep cutting to footage of that vlogger, just her YouTube channel. And I was like, I'm gonna subscribe. I like this chick. She's great. And they all just sort of accept sincerely. Sincerely says that nothing happened with her and Dennis. Uh, but it was just all so messy. All so messy. And again, Candy was like, Look, I heard the rumors about Coke and cheating. And she sort of implies, like, those two things might be true, but the bestiality thing isn't. But again, she was like, well, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) It's like, Candy, I felt like she should have been like, it's all definitely not true. Even if it was true, I feel like Candy should say it's not true as a friend. But I I know her and Portia aren't really close, so maybe that doesn't make any sense. Then 
We see everyone getting ready for this Barbie party. Cynthia, again, Thirsty Bride, Eva's workout Barbie, Candy's a rocker Barbie. And look, I like Portia and Kenya as friends. That was the big thing uh, for me at this party. I liked seeing them, that little scene with their babies. I mean, I was in tears again. I loved it. I was so happy for them. I'm a little upset that Nini's not around, and I go back and forth with Nini quite a bit, but I'm very excited for her to come back. Like, I miss Nini so much when she's gone, and then when she's on screen, sometimes I'm like, oh, we need to get rid of Nini. (laughs) But then when she's gone, I'm like, where is she? I miss her so, so much. So, look, I miss Nini this episode. She's not going to be in uh, next week's episode either. I'm excited for her to come back. And then, uh, look, we see Portia and Kenny with the babies. I'm happy for them, but I'm also sad about the men in their life. And we got a nice montage of Portia and Kenya fighting in the past, and they've really, they've really <laughs> been through it. I mean, there was so many mean things said between them. Kenya said something like, that's not a dick in your mouth to Portia. Portia said to Kenya, buy Ashley, buy Ashley, twirl on your slut. I mean, there were some really strong, harsh words exchanged between the two of them. And then Portia says, in present time, she says, at the end of the day, we both gave birth. And it was like, like that just explains off all the horrible things. Like, you might have called me a slut from the 90s, but we both gave birth. <laughs> what? So whatever, we're all just getting over it. And I, Portia might have physically attacked Kenya, but you know what? We both gave birth. There was a physical attack. <laughs> oh, I love these women. You guys are so happy. I'm so happy. I think, obviously, there's a little tension between Kenya and Eva. I think that's going to be interesting later on. And then Kenya's the one who tells Portia about Sincerely, and I think this is Kenya working for that paycheck. Kenya knows she needs to stir the pot. She's going to do it. And then uh, Kenya eventually gets Candy, Cynthia, and Shamia um, into the room, and then they all tell Portia. And look, Portia says she knows that the thing about Sincerely was it wasn't the woman. Unfortunately, she says it's one more thing off the public plate, but I'm not jumping for joy because there's other things going on. And that made me so sad for Portia. And Portia even told the producer, she said she's embarrassed. She doesn't want to talk about any of this because she's embarrassed. I felt Portia in this episode. I felt the pain. I really like Portia. I'm sad for her. Anyway, that was the episode. Still to come this season, I think it's going to be a really good season, you guys. I'm excited. We have the Carnival the girls go, and I'm so excited for that because I watched a show called Girls Cruise on VH1, and it was a horrendous show, but I watched every episode. And they went to Carnival, and it looked really fun. So I'm excited for Atlanta to go. Uh, and then there's like a lot of stuff. I'm excited for Nini to come in. Dennis admits to she- cheating. There's more of Kenya and Mark stuff going on. Cynthia and Nini. Apparently in the preview, it alludes that someone recorded Cynthia talking about Nini. That's what it alluded to to me. I'm excited to see all that, you guys. I'm excited. Shall we move on to Orange County? We shall. (laughs) Come on. Like, is Tamara really talking about me? I'm just so surprised. She is one way one minute, and then she flips nuts. It's like, it's bizarre. Tamara's two-faced. She's a freaking two-faced, okay? And I'm telling you, and I'll tell her right to her face. She's two-faced. Okay, Orange County, before we get into this, we have got to talk about the elephant in the room. And of course, I mean David Bedore's nude photos with his new girlfriend. I had countless DMs from people that were DMing me these photos of David Bedore with his new girlfriend. They took a photos fully nude in the wilderness and I don't know, some other place. And you just see their backsides. 
and it was too much for my eyes. It was an assault on the eyes. Literally, like, people kept sending him to me, and my very first response when I saw him was, like, Charlotte in the Sex and the City movie. Remember when she uh, is consoling Carrie after the wedding to Big fell through, and Big, like, gets out of the limo and goes to try to talk to Carrie, and Charlotte goes, No! <laughs> Real dramatic. Well, that was the first reaction I had when I saw David Bedore's bare ass. And then, throughout the day, I just have to, I had to keep seeing David Bedore's bare ass because everyone kept sending him to me. And so, I usually love when people DM me Housewife News, but this was a situation where I said, enough is enough. I couldn't see it anymore. Too much of David Bedore's bare ass. And then I guess they had to delete them. I don't know if they were reported or something, but the their new girlfriend deleted them from her account, but then they were being posted everywhere. Anyway, it was tough to see. I don't need to see David Bedore no more. Get him off my screens. I don't, he's gone. He's done. I don't need to see that. Then, uh, so let's get into this week's episode. There's a lot of cracks forming in the Tamara Shannon relationship, and I'm very into that. I think I would like Shannon much better if she wasn't so close and buddy buddy with Tamara. And look, Tamara just stirs the pot. And normally, I think that's so good on a housewives, right? Like that's important for a housewife to stir the pot. And Tamara's done that flawlessly. Like as much as I don't always like Tamara, she's done a great job throughout the seasons of stirring the pot keeping the storylines moving forward. But now I truly don't even feel like Tamara's into it. Like, I don't even get the impression that she wants to keep doing this. It seems like she does it because she feels like she has to for the show. And somebody does have to, she's right. But it doesn't seem like she's that into it. She's just going through the motions and she's stirring the pot in every fucking direction. And I I don't find it interesting or fun anymore. It just feels like too forced to me. So anyway, we have a scene with Kelly and Jolie, and uh, Kelly has a geriatric dog, and she says regarding the dog, she said, <laughs> she's <laughs> she's taking care of this geriatric dog and having to give it pills, and it's like a big pain in the ass, and she says, now I know what Steve must feel like taking care of Vicky. <laughs> oh, you guys, it made me laugh. Oh, it made me laugh. Kelly was giving some good confessionals this episode, too. She was really, like, cracking me up. Uh, then we cut to Gina and her therapist. Good for her for going to the therapist. But even the therapist in the scene was like, girl. Like you could see you could read her face. The therapist was like, girl, you need to get it together. Meanwhile, Gina had the most uneven tan here. I don't know if she just put self-tanner on or what was going on, but every part of her body was a different shade of orange. Her face looked like a different color and then the rest of her, her hands, her arms were a different color than her face. It I don't even know what was going on in the therapy scene because it was just looking at her tan. Was it self-tanner? I don't know. Anyway, then we cut to Kelly, Shannon, and Tamara at dinner. And then Kelly tells Tamara that Bronwyn called her and basically said that everyone was talking about you at this uh, previous event. And then Tamara says that Bronwyn was the one that was talking smack. And I'm just, again, just exhausted by Tamara. I am. Bronwyn was sticking up for Kelly at the tea party. And you could see that Bronwyn was sticking up for her, and she even sent her confessional, I don't want to not stick up for Kelly. And then here's Tamara saying it was all Bronwyn. Also, you guys, P.S., I take notes when I do these episodes, I've told you that before, and I type them up. And let me just say, we might need to get rid of Bronwyn, because that's a hard name to type. I'm a fast typist. I'm a very quick typist. I'm a published author. I can type quick, but the name Bronwyn takes me a good solid 10 seconds every time. 
And so, look, I'd like to call on us to remove her from the cast because I have trouble typing her name. She might be good for the show, but it's troubling to type her name. It's very, the letters aren't near each other, or I don't know what it is, or maybe my brain just can't process it. Maybe I need some practice, but that name is hard to type. So, um, anyway, they basically hang up on Bronwyn at the table. They had called her at the table. And look, Bronwyn's just too skittish. They were talking to her over the phone, and you could tell Bronwyn was just like, well, I'm sorry. She's too skittish. And I would be, too. I'd be that way, too. Bronwyn cries all the time when she's confronted. I would, too. But that's not what we want in a housewife. That's not what we want in a housewife. Then Shannon says at the dinner that she was upset about the joke Kelly made about going to Vicky's funeral. And it was like, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on, Shannon. Come on. I don't, she said, I don't think death should ever be joked about. And she was so serious. Come on, Shannon. <laughs> it was so stupid. It was such a dumb joke. You knew it was a joke. Kelly said, though, in her response, she said, it's a celebration of life. Come on. <laughs> Funny. That was funny. And then they bring up Kelly's bar fight, which was interesting to me. You could see the behind the scenes mechanics here because Kelly was like, why would you bring that up? And what they were saying was like, why would you bring that up on camera? And then even Tamara and Shannon seemed to know that they shouldn't have brought it up on camera. And Tamara denied bringing it up. But then we saw the footage. Tamara did bring it up. And then Kelly yells at them. Then she cries. She says, I'm tired of everyone attacking me. And I'm just tired of this dynamic. I don't know exactly what it is. Because again, on paper, I think Tamara makes a good housewife because she does stir the pot and all that stuff. But I'm just so tired of it. And Shannon, too, I feel like on paper, I should love Shannon. She's the kind of housewife I would normally like be ride or die about. And I just don't have that attachment. So I don't know quite how I'm, why I'm feeling that way, but that's how I'm feeling. That's how I'm feeling. Then there was a scene where Bronwyn and Emily were paddleboarding. I fell asleep. I was just, <laughs> just so bored. But it was interesting, actually, that Emily told Bronwyn, like, you have to stick to your guns and stick up for yourself so that people take you seriously. And I think Emily's right. Like, ever since Emily told Kelly that she was going to murder her, remember last season when she said, I will kill you! (laughs) That moment, I feel like everyone then was like, okay, we're not going to fuck with Emily. And that's what Bronwyn needs to do. She needs to threaten murder, and then maybe they won't fuck with her. But as it is, they're going to start fucking with Bronwyn more and more. So then Bronwyn has a new confessional look, which was interesting. It was red with the bubbies out. Jersey women always used to say bubbies. Bronwyn had the bubbies out and new confessionals all around. We had some new confessional looks on Dallas this week, too, which was interesting. So then uh, we see a scene where Gina takes the kids to get her hair cut. Or, or I'm sorry, Gina takes the kids to get their hair cut. I was just, um, I was hoping that one of the barbers would just shave Gina's head because that hair. It's just stuff to look at. It's tough to look at. Did you see on social media, Gina like said, I don't know, it was like happy birthday or thank you or something to her hairstylist. And then she had to clarify in the comments that it wasn't the one who dyed her hair platinum. <laughs> oh, so shady to whoever dyed her hair platinum. But it was a terrible dye job. Terrible. But one of those kid barbers, they should have stepped up the plate and said, Gina, look, we got to do something with that hair, that mop on your head. We need to fix it. We need to fix that map. And one of those barbers, they should have stepped up to the plate, said, hey, look, we just finished one of your kids. Let's do something with that stuff on your head. I'm sure they had the supplies there. Also, like, why does Gina take the kids to get their bar- hair cut at a barbershop, but she does it in her own kitchen? 
she took the kids out of the house. Now, if you ask me, the kids' haircuts are something that you could do in the house. I think, you know, when I was younger, my mom used to take us to the basement and then she would cut our hair herself. That's what she would do. And as a kid, it's pretty easy to cut your hair. You're not doing some crazy styling. So I don't know why Gina would take the kids to a professional salon or professional barbershop, but yet she trusts her own hair in the privacy of her own kitchen, which is not where you should be doing your hair, Gina. You need to get it together. I'm rooting for you, Gina, but we need you to get it together. You're making opposite decisions. You know what you need to do every time you're making a decision? Do the opposite of what you're feeling. So whatever your gut tells you, do the opposite, Gina. So when your gut tells you to get your hair done in your kitchen, you need to say, well, you know what? I uh, should not do it in the kitchen. Or when your gut's telling you not to lock the doors at night, you should go lock the doors at night. Do the opposite, Gina. That's what you need to be. If you're listening, I don't think you're listening, but if you're listening, Gina, do the opposite of whatever your intuition tells you, because you don't have that women's intuition that everyone's telling people about. (laughs) You know, women, I think, naturally have an intuition, but I don't know that Gina has that. So I just like her to flip. But I'm rooting for Gina. She's got this asshole Matt in her life, and we're still just getting like trickled-down information about Matt, and they're still hooking up. And I think there's more to play. And I'm wondering if they're just like holding it off for the end of the season. You know, some people have asked me if they're going to address like the abuse claims on Orange County because in the blogs and uh, online and stuff, there were these abuse claims. And I don't know. It seems like we're just getting trickled down information. And, and I haven't been following too closely like the news stories with her, but, uh, I'm, I'm curious what they'll come out with. So then we see Shane and Emily at dinner. Again, Shane is the absolute worst human being. Um, Emily says she gained 20 pounds, and I get it. That weight just sneaks up on you, you guys. It's just, I just felt her. I felt her. As someone who, I, you know, I've been, um, no, I, I had a about 20-pound weight gain over the past year or so, and it just snuck up on me, and here I am. I'm trying to get it off, and it's impossible. So hard. Guys, I was I've been going to Barry's boot camp, you know, and they have those mirrors right in front of you. Barry's boot camp, for those of you that don't know, it's like a treadmill class. So half the class you're on a treadmill, and then half the class you're doing like some cardio style weights. But anyway, you're, when you're on the treadmill, you're like literally directly in front of a mirror. And when I got back from vacation and went, there was the most gorgeous man on the treadmill next to me. He was not wearing a blouse. He was he took his top off. And he was like 20, probably 2, 23, 24, very young, most amazing body I've ever seen. And the whole class, I'm forced to like see him in the mirror right next to me. And I've never felt uglier. Like, I just felt like so awful about myself, like the whole day. Uh, but what was I talking about? <laughs> Sometimes I act like you guys are my therapists. I promise I also see a professional. Uh, but, um, I'm going to note that I need to bring that up with my therapist later. Uh, But for now, let's get back to the scene. So Emily and Shane, Emily says she's angry, that, uh, but Shane pushes her to that anger. And I don't think these two like each other at all. She says that for 10 years, she's had a problem with the way he talks to her. She said this in her confessional. I felt so bad for Emily. And it seems like she's crying out for help, doesn't it? And she says, I don't know what to do. And I was screaming at the TV, I think you know what to do, but it's hard. And I think you're doing, you're staying in the marriage for the kids, maybe. That's what it seems like based off of what we're saying. Of course, there's more to the story. But based off of what we're saying, it seems like she's staying in it for the children. 
<sighs> but it seems like she knows what she maybe should do or wants to do, but she's sticking in the marriage. And that's an admirable quality. I think I don't want to tear her down for that because that takes strength. But I hope that she does what's right for her. And, and I hope they either work things out or maybe she moves on. But anyway, then we see Shannon, Kelly, and Emily, uh, and Bronwyn at dinner. They ordered uh, cheese plates, which they ordered cheese plates earlier in the episode. Lots of cheese plates going on. And you know, I love a charcuterie. Nothing better than charcuterie. Nothing better. Anyway, they all tell Kelly that Tamara's a shithead, and they're all starting to get it. Emily says that Tamara was a shithead to her and Gina. And Emily calls it out. She says, Tamara stirs up and then tries to act like she has clean hands. And the whole time this is happening, Shannon looks shell-shocked. It was like Shannon saw a ghost, and not a friendly ghost. <laughs> it's like she saw a ghost. She was like shaking. She looked like she was going to explode, because you could see on her face that she was realizing all these things about Tamara, and she knew so much. And then Kelly said that uh, sh- uh, Tamara talks a lot about Shannon. She said there are hours and hours of conversation about her that Kelly and Tamara have about Shannon. And Kelly said, we have hours and hours of conversation. So it was kind of weird to me that Kelly was basically saying, like, Tamara and I talk shit about you for hours and hours. And Shannon was only registering that Kelly was saying that Tamara does. But I think Kelly was also saying, like, we both do. (laughs) And that made me laugh. But also, it was revealed that uh, Kelly said that Tamara was pissed that Shannon calls them at 3 a.m. drunk. Which is weird. What is the situation? Like, why is Shannon, like, wasted calling at 3 a.m.? Like, that's a weird thing to do, isn't it? I don't, I'm not awake at 3 a.m., and I'm not, I think this is a weird thing that Shannon's just blacked out or drunk and calling people at 3 a.m. I don't know. Then we see a text message exchange from Tamara uh, to Kelly making fun of Shannon's head hit, and there was, like, a GIF video that she had texted, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was the most beautiful text message exchange, and I love that the Bravo, brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors put it in there. Then we also saw, <laughs> you guys, we can see Shannon's face like realizing that Tamara's a shithead in real time, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. Apparently, Tamara also said that Shannon's gaining weight again. Ugh. Shannon, by the way, I have to say, she didn't scream once this episode. We didn't get a single BAM! We didn't get an ack, we didn't get a BAM, we didn't get a Trace Amigas! It was like so refreshing to just have a calm, cool, and collected Shannon. It made me really like her so much more. She was chill. That's the guy. She was hashtag chill more than hashtag Cynthia and Mike Hill were. <laughs> I like Shannon this episode because she was calm. She didn't scream a whole episode. And then it ends with Emily saying, it's never going to stop. It is who Tamara is. And look, I need to see what happens next. I'm very excited to see what happens next. And I think it's important that they all realize that Tamara's the one stirring all this shit up. That's the end of the episode. Next week, we have Bronwyn doing a college visit. We have some Shannon versus Tamara. <sighs> That's Orange County. Shall we move into New Jersey? Let's get into Jersey, the premiere. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. 
That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any other on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. Hi. I have been around Teresa for many, many years, and the sound of her voice is not good. Why don't you guys put your coats down? She's just waiting to get to Jackie, but there's too many people around. Okay, The Real House is in New Jersey. You guys, it's back. I loved last season. Of course, we got so many iconic moments. Do you remember Marge? I threw your husband at the pool. March so much. I love this cast. I think this is the best cast we've had in years. And I think that's why the it's the same exact cast as last season. 
Although I will say, you guys, I know I've said this before, but I wish the New Jersey cast was a little bit more balanced. It feels more balanced now, but it's still like 90% about Teresa, which I think her storyline is really interesting. That's why it's mostly about Teresa. But I just wish it was a little bit balanced. I do. And uh, anyway, we open with the Joe and Teresa drama. Of course, we talked a little bit about this on the podcast, I don't know, last week or something. Uh, After that special, the Watch What Happens Live special with Joe and Teresa. It's very sad for the daughters. Like when I saw that scene with the daughters later on, where Gia's talking about how she's going away to college, and Nono was screaming like, "I I cry!" You know, I can't do a Nono impression. I'll have to work on that. But the family dynamics between the the girls and Nono—that's what makes me the most upset and sad. And I feel bad. I do think it's okay and healthy for Tree to start dating someone new. I hope she finds a nice young man who uh, likes to bang, and <laughs> she bangs it out with a nice young man. I really want that for her. Later on in the episode, we met this guy who was doing her pool. His name was Tony. He had that salt and pepper hair, those nice arms. I thought, you know what, Tree, you need to hop on that. Hop on that. He was sexy. I would like to know his at. If anyone has his handle, please let me know. Because he was a sexy salt and pepper type. And he seemed like a great fit for Teresa. Now, of course, I mentioned I want her to have a nice young man. I would like her to get fucked by some hot young men, maybe get it out of her system, and then move on to someone like Tony, the pool man, who's doing her pool, and live a nice, happy life the rest of her time here on Earth. Because, look, Joe's back in Italy, and I would like Joe to move on, too. I want them both to move on and be happy. They could still raise the girls. Of course, it's sad that the girls won't have their dad in their life, but I I don't know what the answer is. Anyway, we see uh, a little bit of that drama, and then it says three months earlier. So we see some of the drama that's coming later this season. It seems to me that there's some Teresa versus Margaret, which that worries me a little bit, you guys. I like Teresa and Margaret getting along, and I'm not sure how I'm going to feel when Teresa and Margaret are feuding. It seems to me that there's going to be a pretty big uh, line in the sand between Teresa and Margaret. And I don't know if I'm prepared for it. I didn't expect it. I'm not prepared for it. Although sometimes with these advanced footage or the trailer, they kind of lead us down one direction and then it goes somewhere else. So maybe it's not going to be what we think, but that's what they show at the beginning. And then uh, let's see, we we get back three months earlier. We see Jackie's house. We see Jennifer in the liposuction suit. We see Dolores visiting the gym. We see Margaret and Marlene, her, her, Margaret's maid or housekeeper Marlene, who's a star, a huge star. And then we ultimately land on Margaret, and Margaret has a new baby in the office, which is cute. The baby was adorable. Joe came in and took the baby uh, while Margaret was talking talking to her coworker, and she was talking about Marge Sr., who apparently got a new job in the city. Marge Sr. did, and she's been partying in the city. And I was just thinking, like, let's get Marge Sr. on the Real Houses of New York. We might need someone to spice things up over on Roni now that Bethany's gone. So my mind went to Marge Sr. Let's get her on the show. Or, you guys, I know we've talked about this before, but there should be, like, a second set of the Real Houses of New York. So I would like Real Houses of New York, or even Jersey, or some of our franchises. I would like us to start brand new franchises in the same city. So I think New York is big enough where I would love to see a second New York cast, maybe like much older or much younger. I would prefer older. But, you know, imagine like a generation older than our current New York cast. So so let's say we have people like Marge Sr. We have uh, Dorinda's realtor. Let's get her on the show. Let's get a cast of women who are like 60s, 70s, 80s 
like that old. And let's see him hobnobbing around New York, bebopping around town. Let's see what's going on. I think we could have a whole separate show with Marge Sr. and Dorinda's realtor and some of their friends in the mix. And they could occasionally cross over with the regular Roni. We could call it like Real Houses in New York, older cast. Or I, I don't know, we'd have to workshop that title. But I feel like we can do that. And now that I know Marge Sr. is partying in the city, like let's get some cameras on that. I need it. Anyway, Margaret says that Teresa's cheating with hot young men, and she says, who can blame her? But the way she said this worries me. Obviously, there's tension between her and Teresa. She said it a little too matter-of-factly. I thought, "Uh uh-oh, Teresa's not going to like that. And I'm very curious to see. I don't know what the response has been from Teresa, but I feel like Teresa's going to get pissed at Margaret, and I'm very curious what it's going to be like. Then we cut to Dolores and Frankie. Again, Frank Jr. is so hot, you guys. He's a sophomore in college. He's modeling. That body of his, oh. I will tell you something. My downstairs was flooded when I saw Frankie Jr. He is gorgeous young man. He is. But Dolores is still living with Frank. And she's got a new boyfriend named Davis. Uh, David, I'm sorry. It's not a new boyfriend. Of course, she was dating him before. But he's a surgeon. Seems like a nice young man. A nice older man. He's a high-risk pregnancy doctor. Seems like a gem. Dolores says his first love is his job. And it's nice they're all getting along. It's a modern family. I like seeing this. Uh, Frank and Dolores are building the house for David. And they were eating pizza around before Dolores and David went on their little date. And I swear I saw Frank Sr. literally put a whole piece of pizza in his mouth. That man can eat. I would like to see what his full cheat days look like. I mean, Frank Sr. obviously does a lot of weightlifting and things like that. And he can eat. I saw him stuff it in his mouth. And so I want to see, like, on Instagram, maybe he's done it before on Instagram. I want to see what, like, his food cheat day is. Because I don't know if you guys have seen, like, those pictures that The Rock posts of his cheat days, but it's literally like a a whole feast for 10 people that The Rock eats in one sitting. And so I would like to see Frank's cheat days. I want to know what it's like. You know, sometimes with these men, though, I'll tell you what, I like a muscle. You know, I like a muscle. I like an ab. I like a nice big bicep. But I will say that when you kind of start to get to that really big muscle point, those, like, Gorilla juice heads, as they would call them on Jersey Shore. I think what starts to happen is they become smelly. Like they always have the protein farts. I don't know if you guys have ever dated somebody who goes to the gym like that or who is constantly working out. Unfortunately, what that happens is they're taking that protein shakes and their creatines and all that. And so they're constantly farting and it's really bad gas. It does not smell good. And so every time I see one of these guys who is like so muscly, Right off the bat, I'm very attracted to it, but then I start to think, oh, but then we're going to have the protein farts if we're in bed together. And that's not something I'm into. I, you, you got to be careful. It's sexy on one hand, but on the other hand, you're going to be dealing with the protein fart. You want to smell that? And they're not just like regular, excuse my foul language in the uh, what we're talking about, but it's not just like an average fart. It's like a very distinct fart when somebody is drinking protein shakes all day or creatines, or any of those kind of supplements, uh, you're going to have the really smelly fart. So just think about what the house smells like. Maybe if you're in a relationship and you see like a really hot, muscly man and you think about cheating on your significant other, just remember, they're going to have protein farts, and it's not going to smell so great. It's not going to smell so great. Anyway, then we cut to the Gorga house. It's under construction. They're all in their gorgeous basement. It was interesting in their basement. They have a giant poster of their book cover, which was cute. It was cute. Melissa's stunning, by the way, you guys. Melissa might be one of our most beautiful housewives. I think she's just stunning. 
and I met her in person. She came over the house and was on the show, and I was blown away by how gorgeous she is. Truly beautiful. I mean, not as blown away as I was when Cynthia Bailey came over to the house, because those cheekbones, those Bailey cheekbones, oh my god, I still think about them at night. I think, wow, those those cheekbones are stunning. Anyway, um, they talk a little bit about Joe. Joe Gorga's really hot, too, by the way. Like, I think Joe Gorga's, like, very hot. I'm very attracted to Joe Gorga. Even though he's short, sometimes I like a little Polly Pocket. And I think he's, like, very sexy. But he was a little too tan. It seems like he tans a lot. Anyway, then we cut to Jennifer and her mother. Jennifer's confessional look, I screamed. The hair, the dress, the pearls, the shoulder pads, the jewelry... Jennifer, I think, is going to have a breakout season. I liked her last season, but I'm really excited to see more of Jennifer. She seems like right in that pocket of like weird, quirky housewife who's rich. She's almost like a throwback housewife. Like she reminds me of like the way women were when they first started these franchises. She's like showing off her wealth. She's showing off her surgeries. It's a it's a throwback, but I'm very into it. She said she's addicted to lipo, which is of course troubling if she was my friend. But as someone I'm watching on the TV, I'm into it. I'm into it. Anyway, they, uh, they're eating. The food looks great. And they reveal that they're throwing a patient appreciation dinner. So later in the episode, we'll see that dinner. Uh, then we cut to Teresa's house. The kids are all Gia's 18. Gia's 18. And then meanwhile, Nona's still around, and he's still as incoherent as ever. He's just in the corner like, whoa. <laughs> Sounds like a a dog screaming. Like, you know when you accidentally step on a dog's paw and they're just like, (laughs) I love Nono, though. Like, I think he seems like such a sweet man. Uh, But yeah, he's just making that step on a dog paw sound. Like, while he's making dinner. And I'm into it. He reminds me of the grandpa. He reminds me of that my Italian grandpas, who are no longer, my Italian grandpas, no longer here. But that's the kind of um, thing... That's why I like Jersey so much. I, you, you Italians know. It's like the Jersey family stuff. I sort of miss the Manzos. I know you guys don't like Caroline Manzo as much as I do. I always hear from you guys that people hate Caroline. But I miss the Manzo family because they reminded me of my family a little bit. Anyway, I like seeing all the Italians on New Jersey. Even though they don't always give us a good name. <laughs> I mean, some of it's a little, a little bad. Anyway, Gia's going to Rutgers. Gia wants to be a lawyer for her dad, which was sweet, but also sad to me. Uh, anyway, Joe is, um, he never applied for citizenship. That's why he had to be deported. And Gia's explaining it. And as Gia's complaining, explaining it, Teresa looks confused. But apparently, if Joe leaves ICE, he has to stay away from the U.S. forever. And I wish he would have just made himself a U.S. citizen. It was so, it's so messy. And it seems like all along the way, there were so many opportunities that this didn't have to go this way. And it just makes me sad that all these girls are going to have to deal with this. I'm sad for the girls. It's so messy. And Gia seems very smart, but I'm worried it's just like too much for her. I'm glad she's going to college and is going to become a lawyer. But it seems just like so much on her plate. And I feel bad thinking about the past two years and what Gia's had to go through from age 16 to 18, or maybe even earlier than that. So I think about where I was, and I didn't have to worry about this stuff with my parents, and it makes me sad that she has given up so much of her childhood to deal with such dramatic stuff. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Then we cut to Jennifer at the surgeon office. Jennifer's sister, Tina, is working for her husband, Bill. And look, I don't think it's a good thing to work with family. In the words of Caroline Manzo, you shouldn't necessarily work with family. That's how I feel, but 
I say that as someone who's worked, I grew up working for my family's business and all of that kind of stuff. And I just never really think it's a great thing. I think there's too many dynamics. And you guys know at work, you just end up not liking your coworkers, even if they're great people. And so when you work with family, I think those lines get blurred. And especially when it's like an in-law situation. Like, it's one thing if, let's say, I was working for my dad. My dad could tell me to fuck off or something, and I could tell him that. And then a couple days later, we'd be fine. But when it's like an in-law situation, or it's like Jennifer's sister and her husband, then what's inevitably going to happen is that Jennifer's husband's going to be uh, in work one day grumpy, and he's going to say something inappropriate to Jennifer's sister. And then Jennifer's sister is going to hate Bill. And then every time they try to get together for family dinners or things like that, there's going to be some tension because no one likes their coworkers, almost never. You usually have one or two you like, and then for the most part, the rest piss you off, right? When you're in the office. So I did worry a little bit about this, but anyway. Jennifer got a lot of plastic surgery. She says, diet and exercise is one way, but plastic surgery is another. And I want her to stop. I don't need her to keep getting these plastic surgery. I think Jennifer looks great, and she should do whatever she wants to do with her body. Jennifer should do what she wants with her body. I just hope that she doesn't fall into the addiction of it, because I feel like it can be addictive for people, and then there's no stopping. You just always are going to be thinking that you should get something else fixed, and Jennifer looks beautiful. But for now, do whatever the fuck you want with your body, Jennifer. If you want to get anything done, get it done. Just be safe, healthy, and know that you don't have to. Just do it if you want to. What am I saying? Like, she's listening to this fucking podcast. <laughs> Whatever. You know, although sometimes I do hear from Bravo celebrities that listen. And I'm often surprised because they'll, like, say, mentions, I'll, I'll think they're bullshitting me, and then they'll mention something, and I get excited. Anyway, then we cut to Jackie, Melissa, and Marge at dinner. And Margaret was, Margaret was really funny. She said, I'm really hungry. <laughs> I love Margaret. <laughs> I haven't done my Margaret impression in so long. It's like, um, I'm still warming up into it. Hopefully in a few more episodes, I'll have it back down pat. But Margaret says something. She says, speaking of tits, Jennifer's having that tit party. <laughs> she says, Jennifer's having a tit party, meaning like the, the surgery party. But it was funny that she was calling it a tit party. Ah, <laughs> uh, you guys. But there's a lot of tension here. Jackie says that Jennifer, Jackie, we haven't really seen much for this episode. She says that Jennifer's desperate to be Teresa's friend. And Teresa hates Jackie. We know that. Uh, but Margaret and Melissa are friends with Jackie. Uh, and in this dinner, Margaret says that Tree is with the young boy with the backpack. And look, the wording that Margaret's using in regards to Teresa is not going to go well with Teresa. It's not going to end well. And so I'm very curious to see where this all goes. Um, but Melissa sticks up for Teresa, but she doesn't really mean it. You guys, I need Melissa to get some storylines going on. Remember last season when she was pretending she had another sibling or something? It was like, well, that whole storyline just evaporated. Like, nothing ended up happening about it. If we have to deal with another storyline like that out of Melissa this season, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> I need her to do something interesting or give us something that doesn't seem, like, fakey. I like that she's seemingly, like, not afraid of Teresa anymore. It seems like she's sticking up to her a little bit more than she used to, but... I don't know, I need Melissa to have some stuff going on. Because I do like Melissa. I think she's stunning, and I she's got a great personality. I just need something something more, and I can't have a storyline like she did last season with the sibling. Anyway, then we set, see Teresa putting a pool in, and she's got that new guy, Tony, who's so super hot. And it's revealed that they dated back in the day, which I like. So then Dolores arrives, 
And Dolores says that Teresa isn't cheating. Dolores says if it if it <laughs> she says it could walk like a duck and fuck like an elephant. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I need that knitted on a pillow. I love Dolores, you guys. Dolores doesn't really have a whole ton going on. I feel like she's never really in fights with people on the show, but I don't care. I love Dolores. I do. So then we cut to the surgery party. There's some sort of ab machine that I would like to try. Uh, and then I would have tried all those, by the way. Like, there was a, I want to go to a party like that where you're just going to try like the lasers. Like, I want to try like facial lasers and I want to do those machines that like just give you an ab workout or I don't know, melt away your fat or something. I'm in for all those. If anyone has one of those parties, you want to invite me to it. Um, all yours. All yours. And then, um, look, Teresa's mad at Melissa because of what happened at that dinner. She's mad. She thinks Melissa should have stuck up for her a little bit more. And Teresa even says, she says, I do hold grudges, which should have been her tagline. I think that should have been Teresa's tagline. She does hold grudges. That's who Teresa is. We've known that for years, so Melissa should know that. Melissa should know that by now. So then Jennifer and Jackie talk, and they hate each other. They're like oil and water. They just do not like each other. Jennifer says that she does impersonations, and she did an impersonation of Jackie that Jackie got very offended by. Um, but Jennifer's whole excuse by it was that she's a comedian, which is just so funny to me when these women think that they're like stand-up comedians. <laughs> Jennifer's saying, I do impersonations. I'm a comedian. And she said it without any sort of comedy behind it. She was not making a joke at the time. She was being serious. She said she was a comedian. Jennifer said she was a comedian, and I love her. She's like a little bit delusional in the fun way. Like, I really like Jennifer. I think she's nuts. In the best way, she just reminds me of like an early season housewife, and I'm excited to see more of her. Meanwhile, Teresa tells Melissa that a lot of people only respect Melissa because she's Teresa's sister-in-law. And this is so funny to me. Because Melissa just is like listening to it, and she can't even really disagree. (laughs) Because it's sort of true. Like, I don't know that Melissa would have lasted this long on the show without the stuff with Teresa, because again, Melissa doesn't really give us stuff outside of her relationship with Teresa. And I think a lot of Melissa's appeal on the show is Joe. And so Teresa's not wrong. And I don't want to sound like I'm dogging on Melissa because I do actually really enjoy Melissa. I just feel like she might've been like a four season housewife and then would have moved on, which would have been a great tenure on the show. But instead we have Melissa for a hundred years on the show because of Teresa. And that's just what it is. But I do like Melissa. I do. I don't want people yelling at me. Um, So then, look, Teresa goes and talks to Jackie. They make up-ish. Teresa leaves the party, but there's obviously going to be some tension between them. Teresa hates Jackie. She just does. Uh, And then we cut to Joe being released um, and into ICE custody at the Immigration Center. And then Joe calls... Teresa, and she says, he says it's bad. He said he could go nuts in there. And unfortunately, we kind of know how this plays out, which, you know, lessens the dramatic tension for the television program we're watching, but we know where it's headed. I don't know. Next time, next week, it's Margaret versus everyone. There's a lot of Margaret stuff, and we haven't even seen Danielle yet. I think Danielle's going to be a presence this season. I'm excited to see how she gets in the mix. I thought the premiere episode was great. We were kind of just getting reacquainted with the women, which these premiere episodes, I think they're not always the best episode, but I think they show us what's to come this season, and I think this season's going to be great. So I'm excited. That's New Jersey. Now we shall get into Dallas. Icons. 
Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, it's Real Houses of Dallas time. You guys, four housewife franchises. This is a lot to get through for one episode. I'm doing my best, but woohoo! I'm tired. And also, I'm tired from this episode of Dallas. I'm bored as fuck by Dallas. I'm sorry to say it, I'm bored. I have been the biggest proponent of Dallas throughout the seasons. You guys know I've begged you all to watch Dallas for two seasons, and now I'm so bored by this show. Nothing's going on. The women seem to be sort of fakely fake and not really bringing it. And Leanne's wedding, she looks stunning. It looked like a beautiful wedding. But I was just so bored. And then even, okay, so at the beginning of this week's episode of Real Houses of Dallas, it opened with Leanne being like, my mom's not here yet. And we didn't know. It was like five minutes. We saw someone calling Leanne's mom to be like, it's five minutes until the ceremony. But then 
we saw the mom, a clear shot of the mom walking in. And I swear this was set up because it was the most clear. The camera people had to be outside, ready and willing to shoot the mom. And then the mom was like, miked. I don't know, you guys. I'm just so, I was so bored by it. It felt like manufactured to me. And I don't want my Dallas to feel manufactured. What I like about it so often is that it seemed like the fights were real and exciting and fresh. And now I'm just so over it all. We saw a glimpse of Rich's daughter. I would like to know more about her relationship with Leanne. We're not getting any of that. Then uh, we see their wedding. We- there was like a montage of Leanne and Rich, which it made me sad that Leanne will have to watch this footage of her wedding. And then like right before the footage of her walking down the aisle, there's like this montage of Deandra calling her relationship bullshit. (laughs) I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, that must be hard to watch, like your wedding footage. And then you just have to see your old best friend being like, he's cheating. (laughs) I don't know, but the the wedding um, ceremony looked nice. There was a cute moment where Travis kissed Stephanie's hand and put it on his heart, and it made me cry. I did. I think they're in love. I love Travis and I love Stephanie. She's my, she's the light of my life. <laughs> I just love Stephanie. I loved her. Anyway, at the ceremony, Leanne says, when I was a child, I never felt loved or accepted. And then they showed a shot of her mom and it was just very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. I will say this whole wedding ceremony, I was checking my phone. I don't know why I just wasn't into it. Were you guys into the wedding? Was it just me? I was just like, I didn't give a shit. I'm not sure. I'm not a big wedding person, so maybe it was just me. It did look beautiful, but I just seemed so bored. I was so bored. Even the mom also had to keep saying to people, like, Leanne was loved. And I don't know what the truth is. The truth obviously probably lies somewhere in the middle, but I don't know. After the ceremony, too, there was that five-hour break for Leanne to get fucked. That's why she said there was a big break. And again, I would just say, that's too much of a break. It's inappropriate to ask your guests to wait five hours. And then they didn't have food at their ceremony? They had a charcuterie board, which don't get me wrong, I love a charcuterie plate. But they didn't have like a sit-down meal. Is that what they were alluding to? Or did they just kind of like shadily edit around that? Because it seemed to me like there was no sit-down meal. And Cameron said it in her confessional, if you have a wedding after seven, you give them a meal. That was weird to me. I mean, I know Leanne ate, she went through the drive-thru and got a chili corn dog, which sounds amazing. Actually, I love a corn dog. I love a chili dog. I love any sort of hot dog. I do love a hot dog. No mustard. I just like a little ketchup, especially at the movies. You guys know I like to sneak off in the movies. If you see a movie with me and I say I'm going to the bathroom, just know that I'm going to closet, eat a hot dog in the lobby. That's what I do. Uh, anyway, then at the reception, the reception looked nice. There were people dressed like the Dancing with the Stars mirrorball trophies. <laughs> I think Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Happens were there. Uh, you guys know I love Ben and Ronnie. If you don't listen to their podcasts, you should. They're fantastic, and they cover all of these wonderful shows. But they, I believe, were at their at, at the wedding, so I, I should text them and see if there was food at the wedding or if it was just a charcuterie plate. I don't know. Uh, Carrie was at the wedding, though, the new Carrie, and she was being an asshole about it. It looked like a fun reception. I just felt like Carrie's always being an asshole to Leanne and really everyone. <laughs> Her husband, she's just being an asshole all the time. And sometimes that's fun, but I, I don't know if I like this, Carrie. Uh, then we see DeAndra at home. She's doing a cooking competition with Jeremy. She, I don't know, she said something about a donut cock ring. I was sort of half paying attention. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm sorry. I know I'm here to report this show and recap it, but I was just so bored that I was kind of like half watching. I heard something about a donut cock ring, and then they did a cooking competition, and I couldn't have been more bored. Look, 
If Deandra's not going to be in a scene with Mama D, then I don't want to see it. Deandra's not very interesting in scenes by herself. And I, I want Deandra in the show. I'm not saying, because I think the best the show ever is, is when Deandra's in scenes with Mama D. But when she's in a scene with Jeremy or really anyone else, it's just so incredibly boring. And she was doing this cooking competition, and I give, didn't give two fucks about it. I mean, if I want to watch Iron Chef or one of these cooking shows, I'm going to put on the Food Network. I'm not going to put on Real Houses of Dallas. It was just so weird. It's so weird. Then meanwhile, at the wedding, the mom situation was still going on throughout the episode. The mom wanted a picture, and they took a picture, and then Leanne sort of shooed the mom away, and it made me really sad, and I cried, and I don't even know why. If I was just thinking about my own I love my mother, and I have a great relationship with Linda Pellegrino. She's the queen of the universe. She's a queen icon legend, the greatest person that's ever lived. But uh, it made me sad that I I don't know that Leanne didn't have that with her mom, and it just made me feel really bad. And I, I texted my mom. I was like, I love you, mom. <laughs> so, so lame, but um, I do love Linda. Linda's the best, you guys. And people have been asking if Linda could come on the podcast. And look, she was on one of the early episodes. She's not interested. I tried. And she's not interested, but maybe when I'm home for the holidays, I can coerce her. I did have her once <laughs> give a review of A Star is Born on this podcast, one of the early episodes. So I don't know. Or maybe that was a Patreon only. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I'm sad about the relationship between Leanne and her mom. Uh, and also, I'm sad about the relationship between Carrie and her husband. Carrie obviously hates her husband. She hates him. She looks at him with such disgust. I've never seen a housewife look at their husband that way. Not even Emily and Shane on Orange County. Emily still looks at Shane like he's a human being. Carrie looks at her husband on Dallas like he's a monster, and she hates him. She, You could see it in her eyes. She's got daggers in her eyes for this man. Daggers in the eyes. And meanwhile, at this wedding, Rich keeps talking about how hot, how hot the other women are there, which was strange. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but I don't know, understand the no food thing. Somebody's got to let me know. Anyway, then the wedding ends. It was sort of a much ado about nothing. I felt like we've been building to this wedding, and then the wedding was just like, eh, who cares? It was so boring, wasn't it? I feel like I'm being such a negative Nancy, a Debbie Downer, a Danny Downer. And I don't want to be. I love Dallas. I think that's what's so upsetting to me. I always loved it. Then we see Brandy at lunch with her husband. She missed the wedding because she was in Nashville, and she's there with Bruin and the husband, and apparently she's deciding whether or not they want to adopt Bruin's sibling. Bruin, meanwhile, is making a huge mess at the restaurant. I was just worried about the waiter. Brandy said she was going to clean it up, but I didn't see her clean it up. And I worried about the service staff at this restaurant. It's tough to be a waiter. It's very tough to be in the service industry. And I hope Brandy cleaned that shit up and didn't make that whole staff at that restaurant clean it up. Because if that's what's going to happen, maybe you should stay at home. You need to clean up. It's hard to be a waiter. I'm sorry. I also think, though, maybe we've talked about this before, I think everyone should at one point or another be a waiter. I think it's very important. And I just read a a news story about it that was like, it's good because it teaches you how to be in service to other people. There's so many great qualities about being a waiter or or a server or someone in the service industry. Um, So I don't know. I think that's important. So then we cut to Stephanie and Travis. They were talking about this Thailand trip that that we're going to be going on as a group. Travis has to go. Travis was in the pool, and you guys, I'm so attracted to Travis. It is what it is. Uh, he's got that big old body, but it's like <laughs> it's like a sort of fit. Like you could tell Travis like has worked out before, but he just looks like a it's like a cuddly kind of chubbiness, like a real sexy kind of James Gandolfini kind of way. I don't know. I was like, 
Woo! Anyway, Travis does say that he went to one of those ping pong um, shows in Thailand where they, the women, um, excuse my language, but they blow ping pongs out of their vaginas. You know, they, they just, um, they put a ping pong up their Meredith Grey and then they spray it out. And so he told Stephanie about that and Stephanie didn't understand. She's like, what are you talking about? And then Travis is like, well, I've only been a couple times. And that to me, I was like, what? <laughs> I did like a Tim Allen and home improvement. I was like, <laughs> I was surprised that Travis said he's been to one of those vagina ping pong shows twice. Uh, surprising to me. I maybe understand one. One even seems a little bit weird to me. I don't know that I'd want to see that, but it seems strange to me that you do one of them and then be like, Oh, that was such a good show. Like I want to go see it again. And then you go to another show where uh, a woman sprays a ping pong out of their, uh, Christine Baranski. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, then Stephanie calls everyone to invite him to Thailand. DeAndra's concerned about the eating there. Cameron's concerned about her packing. Carrie's husband's really jealous. They were out to dinner, and we see them just like talking about this Thailand trip. And again, they hate each other, but they're all going to go to Thailand, all the women. And then, meanwhile, Carrie at that dinner with her husband, she says that he's not supportive of the jewelry line. I was surprised at all the confessional looks. Did you see we got new confessional looks this episode? Stephanie's was shocking to me. Stephanie had the bangs. I couldn't believe Stephanie's. I didn't like her confessional look. And you know I love Stephanie. That other one with the short hair I love. But this one with the bangs, I like was surprised. Maybe it'll grow on me. No, but Carrie had a new one too. And obviously they're setting the seeds or planting the seeds for Carrie and her husband to break up, right? Because she even says that the finances is the only thing he has over her. And that whole scene between them, there was so much tension. It was chilling. I did actually really like that scene with Carrie and her husband. I thought it was so compelling and interesting. And their dynamic is chilling. That's the only way I could describe it. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Next week, we get Travis's birthday at Medieval Times. I love a Medieval Times. <laughs> Take me there. Then we have Stephanie crying to what looks like her life coach or therapist or someone, a professional maybe. Uh, and then we have DeAndre dressing as Mama D and getting really drunk. I can't believe we're not even going to be in Thailand next week, you guys. They set up the Thailand trip and then next week we're not even there. Like, come on. Uh, come on. Come on. Come on, Dallas. I need them to spice things up. This season sucks. I'm sorry. It's still... Okay, when I say sucks, you guys, I just want to say it's still interesting TV. It's still something I'll put on and watch. Don't get me wrong. It's better than 90% of shows on TV. But it's also, in comparison to the highs we've had in Dallas, it really does suck. And so I'm upset. And I'm hoping they get back on track. And I'm confident they will. So that's the end of the episode. Um... It's a lot of housewives to get to. I want to encourage everyone to subscribe to my new podcast, A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. The first episode will be out this weekend, and then it'll be on the Everything Iconic feed on Monday. And again, the movie that my co-host and I, Jenna, will be talking about is Let It Snow, which debuts on Netflix on Friday, uh, November 8th. So check that out. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. We'll be back later next week with some housewife recaps. Uh, and please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. I hope to see some of you at BravoCon next week. I'll be reporting there. So the schedule might be a little mixed up next week and the week after because of BravoCon, because we're going to be doing an episode live from there. But uh, just subscribe to the feed and you'll get all the episodes and I'll also post on my social media. If you want to support this show, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click become a patron, you could donate $4 more per month. You get access to the bonus episodes. I'm doing just one a month. More importantly, the money helps support the show. 
If you want one of the t-shirts, go to everythingiconic.threadless.com. You can see there's some cute um, Wow Bethany Wow shirts, all sorts of shirts. So with that, let's do a little cool down. I love you all so much for listening. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Love you all for listening. Have a great week, weekend. Bye-bye. It's so-